Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. There was a gentleman, part of this ministry, that was a manager in a large drug chain. That person had not seen their father since he was a little boy. And he came to the ministry and Dole ministered to him. And one day Dole said to him, Ralph, God is going to restore the relationship between you and your father. Ralph was working in that drugstore. He was a manager. He ended up being a supervisor of it. And he was in the store one day and he was up in the office and somebody, one of his employees came to him and said, there's a man down at that register that wants to speak with you. Ralph looked down from the office and looked at the cash register. Couldn't recognize the guy. But the Spirit of God in him said, that's your dad. That is your dad. Ralph went down there and God restored the relationship between those two men. Why? Why? How? How could God be that loving and do that for a man? Two men. They had a wonderful relationship, and then his father went to heaven. Now, let's take a look. I want to ask you again. You got the guts? You got the courage to believe the Word of God? If you have that Bible with you, open it up with me. I want to show you some verses. I want you to see them the same time that you hear them. And if you're in a hotel, if you're sitting on that bed and, and you've got problems, I want you to go back over there by the bedstand, open that drawer and see if there's a Gideon Bible in there. Open it up and follow me. I'm going to go to Hebrews 2 to begin with. If you will listen to the words I speak today, God is going to minister to your heart something you may never know, have never known, but it's going to comfort you. All right, we're going to go to Hebrews 2 verse 14. For as much as the children, that's us, children of God, are partakers of flesh and blood, he, Jesus, also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Jesus, who in John 1, 1 said that the word was God and the word was with God. That means there's two gods. Jesus once was God. He was a God. And then it says here, for as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. He laid down being a God and he became a man like you and I. Why? Tells you the next sentence, that through death he might destroy him, take away the authority of the power of death, that had the power of death, that is the devil. Jesus took the devil's authority away from him. The devil still has power. But Jesus took his authority. You have authority over the devil now. If you don't have Jesus in you, the devil's got you. And you know what the devil's going to do with you? He's going to kill you. He's got that power. It says he seeks, uh, seeks to and fro. Look on who he can devour. But Jesus gave us the power to, de to destroy his works. He has no authority over you if you believe. Now, that's, that was a mini lesson. Now, 15, and deliver them who through fear of death for all their lifetime subject to bondage. 
16, for verily he took on not him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Now, look at this next verse. Put your head down and look at the verse. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him, if he thought it necessary, to be made like unto his brethren. In all things it behooved him. He thought it necessary to be made like unto us, just like us. If you read the NIV, it says, for this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way. In every way. You know Jesus had feelings? Do you know he had feelings? He could be happy. He could be sad. He could be angry. Jesus had the same feelings that we did. All right, let's go back. That he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them, to help them that are tempted. Jesus suffered. He suffered. He suffered being tempted. He suffered just like we suffer. He suffered just like we suffer. And you're going to see some of the suffering he did today. All right, go with me to Hebrews 4, verse 15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points, all, all points. Do you hear that word, all? All. Oh, I can hear somebody right now. Yes, yes. Jesus went to the bathroom. Had to. He was human. He was human. All right, it says, For we have an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. He never yielded to the temptation. Oh, you can be tempted and not sin. Temptation is not sin. It's yielding to the temptation that's sin. Jesus was tempted, but he never sinned. He never yielded to the temptation. He overcame it every time. This verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The wonderful thing is Jesus knows how you feel. He was tempted in all points, so he knows how you feel. He knows how you feel when all you feel is like you're nothing but a big ball of unbelief and doubt. He knows what that feels like. He was tempted, but he overcame it. He overcame it. He never yielded to the temptation. He knows what you feel like. Now, from here, let's go to Isaiah 53. We're going to take a look at an aspect of Jesus, of where he was human like us. Isaiah 53, verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men. He is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Ever felt rejection? Have you ever felt rejected? Have you ever 
felt rejected. Mothers, have you ever felt rejected by your children? Have you ever felt rejected by your parents? Have you ever felt rejected by your husband or your wife or your ex-husband and ex-wife? Have you ever felt rejection? Well, Jesus felt rejection. He felt rejection. He was not only rejected, he, was, he felt rejection. Do you hear that? He was not only despised and rejected, he felt despised and rejected. Amen. Look at these words. It says, he is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. We're going to run through a couple verses. Mark 8, 31. Jesus teaching. He said, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. Jesus knew that the religious community was going to reject him. Reject him. They weren't going to listen to anything he said. They weren't going to do anything he did. They rejected him. The religious leaders in a community rejected him. Jesus felt that rejection. Now, let's go to Mark 3. I'm going to go in verse 20. And the multitude coming together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. And when his friends heard of it, look up that word friends. You know what that is? Relatives, kinsmen, family. And when his family heard, they went out to lay hold on him. They went to go get him. Why? For they said he is beside himself. He's out of his mind. He's insane. His family, his own family said he's out of his mind. He's insane. Let's go get him. Jesus felt rejection from his own family. Ever had that? Ever, had, ever been rejected by your family? Amen. You're in a good, you got good company. You're in good company. Amen. All right, let's go to another one. Let's go to Luke 22. This is Jesus speaking. Peter first in 33. He said, Peter said to, to Jesus, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both to prison and to death. And Jesus said back to him, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Now, if you go back down a little further to verse 59, we'll start there. Jesus told Peter, you're going to reject me. You're going to deny me. Peter said, oh, no, not me, not me. I'm going to go to death for you. Yeah, okay, so now he's denied him twice. We're going to look at the third one, 59. And about the space of one hour after another, confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow was also with him, with Jesus, for he is a Galilean. And the third time, Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. He denied Jesus. And immediately, immediately, when Peter denied Jesus the third time, the cock crew, and the Lord turned. And the Lord turned and looked on Peter. Obviously, they were in vicinity of each other, and obviously, Jesus knew where Peter was. The Lord turned and looked on Peter. You know what the Lord knew? His closest associate, his right-hand man, had just denied him three times. Denied him three times. His closest associate denies him. 
You think Jesus knows what rejection is? His closest friend denies him. All right. And then the Lord turned and looked on Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Now, these are, these are the physical things that happened. But now let's go to Psalm 69. We're going to see what's going on with Jesus on the cross. Listen to these words. They will minister to you. For, uh, Psalm 69, verse 19. This is Jesus on the cross. You say, well, how do you know that? Look at verse 21. And they gave me also gall for my meat, and then thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. We know that's Jesus. Now, let's go back to 19. This is Jesus on the cross. This is Jesus nailed to the cross. This is Jesus dying for you and me. And what does the man Jesus say here in the psalm? This is the Spirit of Christ speaking out of David. I think this is a psalm of David. Yes, it is. This is the Spirit of Christ speaking out of David. You know why? David is the ancestor of Jesus. They're in the Jesus is from the seed of David. So David is now prophesying what his seed is going to do in the future. And verse 19 this is Jesus speaking. Thou hast known my reproach. Thou hast known my reproach, my blame, my disgrace, and my shame, and my dishonor. This is Jesus on the cross. He's telling the Father, Thou hast known my reproach. Thou hast known my shame. Shame. Thou hast known my dishonor. My adversaries are all before thee. And look what he says next reproach, the blame, the disgrace, the insults has broken my heart. Do you see that? Look at that on your page. Jesus says, the reproach has broken my heart. Jesus' heart was broken. Have you ever had a broken heart? Have you ever had a broken heart? It hurts, and it hurts here, Jesus had a broken heart. And we go on and we'll see why. And I am full of heaviness. I looked for some to take pity, but there was none. I looked for somebody, and there wasn't anybody. I looked for somebody, and there wasn't anybody. Jesus is dying on the cross. Every bone is out of joint. He has been tortured. Now he says, I'm looking for somebody to take pity, and there isn't any. And then he says, and for comforters, but I found none. There isn't anybody. He is alone on the cross, and he's feeling his heart is broken. His heart is broken. Can you believe that? Can you look at that word and believe that? Have you ever had a broken heart? I have. Have you ever had a broken heart? Well, guess what? Jesus knows what it feels like. Jesus knows where you're at, and he knows what it feels like. Now, one more rejection. Go with me to Matthew 27. I'm going to go to verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus on the cross. Let's go to 45. And from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. Jesus on the cross, nailed to the cross. 
By this time, every bone is out of joint. He is marred more than any man. Do you believe those words? Do you believe those words? Do you believe the Bible? It says he was marred more than any man. Are you going to believe what you think or are you going to believe the word of God? On the cross, Jesus was marred more than any man. Why? He was carrying your sin. He was carrying your sin, my sin. He was carrying our sicknesses and our diseases, our poverty, everything that took away our relationship from God Jesus has on that body. And you know what? On that cross, he's pretty quiet. He's pretty quiet. He gave his mother away. He made a couple of statements, a statement to the guy next to him. But he's pretty quiet from the sixth hour to the ninth hour. It's dark. Jesus is in the dark. Jesus is dying in the dark. Now, look what Jesus says in, in verse 46. It says about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice. And you don't like when I speak loud. Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, 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 lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is Jesus, the Messiah, once a God, now a man. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Want your answer? Turn with me to Habakkuk 1. If you got a Bible like mine, it's page 1161. All right, verse 13. This is talking about Jehovah. Thou art of purer eyes than to behold evil and canst not look on iniquity. Cannot look on iniquity. The Father rejected Jesus, turned his back on him. Couldn't look at him any longer. That is the only time that Jesus was ever without the Father. The only time. He had marred more than any man tortured. But what did he cry out about? My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Why have you left me here? Why am I on the cross alone? Why have you forsaken me? You know why? For you. For you. You know what the Father did? He took what we did, what we've done, and he put it on that body of Jesus. Why? Why did he take everything we've done and put it on the body of Jesus so he doesn't have to forsake us? So he doesn't have to reject us? So he can receive us? And no matter what state we're in, he rejected Jesus, forsook Jesus when Jesus took our sin so he doesn't have to reject us. Do you see the love of the Father for you? For you. He loved you so much in your sin and your stiff neck and your self-righteousness and your stubbornness and your 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 uncleanness loved you so much, didn't want to forsake you for your sin. He took your sin and he put it on his own son and then he forsook his own son. He forsook his own son 
so he doesn't have to forsake you. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That is a beautiful thing. Do you know what? No matter what condition you are in right now, no matter what state you are in right now, you may be in total sin. You may be in jail. You may be the richest person on earth and have everything you want, but you are rejected. Well, guess what? The Father isn't the one rejecting you. The Father is not the one rejecting you. God is not rejecting you. He rejected Jesus for those moments so he doesn't have to reject you. And if you call on him, if you call on the one that bore your sin and bore your iniquity on the cross, bore your sickness, your poverty, whatever you've done, he bore it for you so that the Father wouldn't reject you, so he wouldn't reject you. Do you know that Jesus is with you, will be with you wherever you are? If you are in sin right now, right now, you know what you're doing and you can't seem to get out of it. If you will call on the name of Jesus, he already paid for that sin. Do you hear me? He already paid for what you did. So he's not going to reject you when you call on him. But you don't know what I've done. He does. He does. You know why? Because he paid for it. He paid for it. He will meet you in wherever you're at. He will meet you in that hotel room. He will meet you in that garage. He will meet you in that apartment. He will meet you in that mission. He will meet you wherever you're at. He will come and deliver you from your sin. Why? Because he bore it already for you so that he wouldn't have to reject you. So the Father wouldn't have to reject you. The Father sent Jesus to pay for your sin so the Father wouldn't have to reject you. You know, I've met, I've met rich men. I used to work for them in the sign business. And they had everything they wanted. They had all the money. They had the beautiful women. They had the beautiful cars. They had, they had all the prestige. They were well-known. I've met well-known people, famous people. And you know what? They're the most miserable people I have ever met. Amen. Miserable. Why? Because you don't know God won't reject you. Because you don't know that God sent Jesus to die for you. That you don't know that what you're missing in here is Jesus. What you are missing, what you have been searching for your whole life. Would you, you, you buy all these things and you go all these places thinking it's going to fill what's right in here. Well, guess what? The hole in there is only going to be filled by Jesus. The hole that you have right here, and I've had it, that hole will only be filled with the Lord Jesus Christ, the man that died for you on Calvary. The man that died for you. That's the only thing that'll fill up this hole. And how do you get that hole filled up? How do you get that hole filled up? Turn with me to Romans 10. Verse 8, but what saith that the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith, which I preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, call on his name, 
Thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Jesus said in John 3, you must be born again. You must be. And when you are born again, the spirit of Jesus comes right into here. Right here. And that's what it means by the peace that passes all understanding. That's what it means is to have that peace. He will lead you to get that peace. And where are you going to find that peace? You are going to find that peace in the gospel. You are going to find Jesus in the gospel. You're going to find your life, your hope, your victory in the gospel that Jesus died on the cross for you, that he was buried on the cross for you, that he was raised again by God for you. And who sent him to do it? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why? Because he's after you. Because the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob wants you back. Wants you back. Wants that relationship restored. Just like the man I talked about in the beginning, that God restored his relationship with his father. The father wants to restore his relationship with you. With you. And that is done through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And that's where you've got to go. A big church isn't going to solve this problem around here, this hole. A, a, a big job isn't going to fill up this hole in your heart. Uh, going up into the mountains and, and thinking you're going to meet God up there isn't going to fix this hole in your heart. The only thing that's going to fix this hole is the Lord Jesus. The one that died for you, the one that was buried for you, the one that was raised again for you. And when you get him in here, when you get him in here, you will have a relationship with him, a relationship. And I want you to turn with me to Hebrews 13, and I'll show you about that relationship. Chapter 13, verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Look at this next phrase. For he, Jesus, has said... I will never leave thee or forsake thee. Jesus said, I will never. Hear that word never? But you don't know what I mean. Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. But I'm in trouble. Jesus will never leave you. He will walk you through the trouble. He will get you out of the trouble. That's his job, and he loves to do it. But you got to go to him. You got to call on his name. You got to go to him. Call on that name Jesus. 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 God bless. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the Ministers of Music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.